The losses and injuries continue to pile up in Detroit. Coming up on this edition of the Die Hard Den podcast, Shawnee J and I look at the Lions' loss versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. We have another Odd Pride profile. And now you know this week covers the controversial defer rule at the coin toss. All this and more coming up on this edition of the Die Hard Den podcast. Watch out. Here comes that roar. What up, though? This is Kurt Steele, and welcome to the Die Hard Den Podcast. And as always, I'm with my man, Shawnee J. What up, people? All right, my man. It's finally the game is over with. We're getting close to the end of the season. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came in and ran a rough shot over the Lions again. But, you know, let's start the show off on a positive note before we get into the negative. So as always, as we do it this time, it is time to tell me something good. So Shawnee J, you up first this week with some big news that happened today. So my man, tell me something good. Actually, I have two tell me something good. When we talked about one, I just thought about the first tell me something good is, of course, our man Darius Slade, despite a down season for the team him for him personally he was still selected by the coaches for his third consecutive pro bowl selection so that's a good thing for Darius Slay he's getting some recognition on the league that's one of the best covered corners out there even though he may not have a great season to the Lions fans and the Lions definitely had a terrible season due to injuries but Slay was picked for the third straight pro bowl and we can get into it later. Should the Lions bring him back or trade him while he's hot, get more picks? That seems to be a hot topic among Lions fans. Also, I want to say something good. That did come out of last Sunday's game was unheralded, undrafted free agent, Wes Hills, our fourth or fifth starting running back this season from Slippery Rock. He scored his first two one-yard touchdowns against the Buccaneers, and that's the wonderful thing. He will never play in the NFL again after this season. But he achieved a dream, a goal, a lifelong goal. The man could be dead right now because, as the announcers said, he was involved in a serious car accident. He had to work his way back. He started off at the University of Delaware, played his final college season at um, Slippery Rock University. He was an undrafted free agent, originally signed by the Cardinals. The Lions, who decimated all season long at running back in other positions, they picked him up. They started him on necessity. And he started off slow, but he scored two big touchdowns that helped bring the Lions back close against the Buccaneers. So my shout-out to Wes Hills. All right, Wes Hills. All right, my tell me something good this week is about our guy, outside linebacker slash defensive end, Devon Kennard, uh, nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He does outstanding work in the community around Detroit and other areas of the country. So big shout-out to my man. Devon Kennard, I wish him all the luck in the voting for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Well deserved. And yes. if you look, if you look on Twitter, um, Darius Slay's Twitter account or Instagram, he has a shout-out video to Devon Kennard 
for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. So from one other guy that's a Pro Bowl caliber player to another guy who's a Pro Bowl caliber player off the field, you know, that's some good things to recognize each other uh, for those things. Yes, I'm very glad, so glad the Lions signed Kennard last offseason when he was available because he's, I saw pass rushing ability. He's having his best year statistically with the Lions as he led his last year in sacks. He's doing the same thing this year with two games left. He's a good young player. Hope we keep him. He's one of our best players on the D. Um, we still need some help, but he's one of our um, cornerstones. So big shout out to Devon Kennard. All right. So now it is time to go on the ball. Offense is up first versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk about this kind of quick. Uh, David Blau had a decent game, made some rookie mistakes as rookies do, tossed a couple of interceptions, got sacked twice, uh, 24 of 43 for 260 yards. Yeah, I mean, I would say this, he played well and the untimely second interception that happened what was the pick six, excuse me, and the Lions were trying to drive down and tie the game. That kind of really blew the game open in that fourth quarter with that second interception for a pick six. He got caught staring down Danny Amendola, who had a big game receiving uh, he led the team with eight receptions for 102 yards, but he kind of used him as a crutch. And when he got caught, you know, with his hand in the cookie jar, staring him down, the Buccaneers made that uh, timely interception and really broke the game over from, from there. Uh, the running game, like you said, big shout out to Wes Hills, you know, the guy who wasn't supposed to be in the league. He had two touchdowns in the game, the only two touchdowns for the Lions. Not really much positive more than that. You know, a lot of stall drives. You had Sam Martin, who had five punts on the day, which you really didn't want to see your punter having to punt that much, but the offense has stalled. Really don't expect much from the offense the rest of the season. You look at the, the team, they're playing a lot of young players. They really shut down a lot of starters. And without really Matthew Stafford being in there, who to me is the only really starting caliber quarterback on the roster. I didn't expect much from the offense this, you know, once you got past the halfway point and everyone started getting injured, I just didn't expect a lot from the offense. What do you think about the uh, offense versus Tampa Bay, my man? Well, we started a rookie quarterback, as you said. We started a rookie running back who just signed from the practice squad, who was a miracle he's in the league, but shout out to him. We're missing a couple of stars from offensive line. We're missing our starting tight end. We're missing one of our starting receivers. Uh, duh, Tampa Bay um, was it could have been made any easier for you. If you couldn't beat this team, you you don't deserve to be in the league yourselves. I mean, so I want to see young players play. I saw some fight. When they went down 21 nothing, they didn't give up. I saw some fight in the Lions. They mm-hmm. almost came back, but the rookies, these last couple games, like I said, are meant for the rookies to see what they can do. Now that Patricia knows he's coming back, mm-hmm. that takes a burden off his shoulder. Uh, he can see what the rookies can do because I want to see now that um, Kenny Wiggins went on injury reserve. I want to seriously, I want to see my man um, Bo getting there to guard. You know, I want to see if he can play. They should start playing him to see what he can what he can do. So these last two games, I don't expect to win them, but I want to see the guys fight and try to win. I want to see the I want to see the young guys do the rookies. This is their time to shine. Right. That's the offensive side of the ball. We'll get into some more injury news uh, once we get into two points per game <laughs> this week. All right. Now it is time to defend the den this week. Uh, it was the same. James Winston torched the Lions up and down the field. Really was disappointed in some of the secondary play because the secondary starters were in there, except for 
in and out at the safety position when you had Wilson go out for a few plays. But our starting secondary was in there, and they still got torched for some big plays. Justin Coleman, and then a lot of plays over the top were the safety where you had Will Harris in there and Tracy Walker, which he's giving in his all, and he's playing with that knee brace. But you can tell he's not 100%. His speed from the start of the season where he was playing, it's just not there. So uh, Tracy Walker, you know, he had led the team with seven total tackles. Uh, one bright spot was my man Jelani Tave with an interception. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you had a couple sacks, Kennard and Aquara, but, you know, we still struggling on the defensive side of the ball. You had another injury for Mike Daniels. I'm just really disappointed in the defense, to be honest with you, just because for the fact that, and I said this before, they were supposed to be a strength of the team this season, and they really turned into a weakness. Well, that's because on the injuries, like Daniels was on the injury reserve list as well, and I don't think he'll be back next season because the Lions only signed one guaranteed season for $9 million. Mm-hmm. He didn't do much to earn it. He was hurt a lot. That's why Green Bay let him go. But I thought the Lions maybe got a steal, but uh, they didn't. And um, the rookie defensive backs, um, Will Harris and the guy from Penn Sack, and never get his name, Aurorier, I think you say. How you say <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on it, Aurorier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't, well, I know they're rookies, but they, they still kind of disappoint me how much space and how they get beat so bad. I know they're rookies, but hopefully um, they'll get better than this. We'll see a waste of draft picks. I mean, mm-hmm. Harris looks lost out there. So is Aurorier. Like, you see how much space, how badly he was beaten by Prashar Perryman, the son of mm-hmm. former Lion Brett Perryman. And you see how bad that Will Harris will give that pass he he gave him mm-hmm. on the ball. He just stopped running. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, see, it was, yeah. uh, <laughs> the effort was, and we said this the last um, few podcasts, just Justin Coleman in the secondary just dwindled as the season went on. And I saw an interesting article today. I saw a headline that says, uh, Amani Awarie was the best corner for the Lions, you know, was saying like, sorry, Slay, uh, Amani Awarie. I don't know if that was a, uh, what do you call that, a satire column? Because there's no way in God's green earth that Amani Awarie is better than Darius Slay on Slay's worst day. <laughs> it's not even possible. So whoever well, wrote that see. article, you wake up and smell the coffee there, brother. I mean, Well, let's hopefully just... both those guys will make big strides this offseason and in the 2020. Mm-hmm. Hopefully improve, like they're rookies. And yeah, I love, you know, I wish we get another Deion Sanders, you know, type rookie or or Patrick Peterson, you know, type rookie. But those guys are far and few between. And we can talk about right. this later. The yeah. guy who's um, projected to go to the Lions, they pick fifth, is, of course, the cornerback, Jeffrey Akuda from Ohio State, who I hate Ohio State. But if you can help my Lions, can it be, is he a Deion Sanders type defensive back? Well, that's uh, to be seen. Uh, that's defended then. We looked at the defensive side of the ball. Now it is time for two points conversing. All right, two points conversing this week. we got a lot to get into, my man. So the first thing I really want to get into, and we talked about this uh, off the air, is Pro Bowl and Darius Slay was the uh, only Lion to make the Pro Bowl. He's a coach of selection. There was no lion voted to the Pro Bowl uh, by the fans. To me, I think that there was uh, one Pro Bowl snub, and that's Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay has 1,052 yards, which is 10th overall in the league. He's third 
in yards per catch at 18.8 yards. And he's first in touchdowns with 10. And he's only doing that with 100 receptions. And that's 25th in the league. So I think really Killing Galladay, you know, do I really think to break it down for you that any line deserved to be on the Pro Bowl? I would say those two individuals. But with Kenny Goddard, and I, I know he's a third alternate, and Stafford's a fifth alternate, which Stafford's not going to play in that, not being on the IR. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. But I think Kenny Goddard got snubbed for the Pro Bowl just because of the fact that he is in the top 10 statistically in the major receiving categories. I just don't get it. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see uh, if he actually plays. I mean, you know, with the, being a third alternate, there's probably a good chance that he ends up playing in that game. Um, yeah, a lot of guys of sit out, a sit out, or they'll be in the they'll be in the postseason and they won't, you know, they won't play him. So, um, what do you think on about the Pro Bowl? You know, we had some interesting comments on this off the air. So, what are your thoughts about the Pro Bowl? And, and Kenny Galladay being snubbed. Well, we know Galladay had a great season. He's one of the best. He's one of the best picks at Quinn. Bob Quinn is made for the Ben GM for the Lions. Um, I call him a poor man's Calvin or Herman Moore. You know, I like him. Um, he'll have his day. He'll have better days. But I tell you, the, this whole Pro Bowl thing, especially the NFL and all of the leagues. The, the all-star games and the Pro Bowl. And, you know, I think I, maybe it's harsh to call it a waste of time, but it's definitely, uh, uh, what, what can I say? Um, it's definitely fan favorites. It's a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, the fans vote for all the starters, all the leagues. Mm-hmm. It's who the fans want to see based on, no matter, because I see some years, some players had some really down years, but they're still voted to the All-Star game based on their popularity. And plus, I tell you, well, all my players, all the teams, I don't care who they are, I, I used to love the All-Star games, but they're not what they used to be in any, any league, especially football, when no one watches. And um, I don't, especially in football, I don't see my guys get hurt in those games. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all that no Lions or more Lions right. were selected or you know, Slay was selected, but, you know, I don't want to see him get hurt. I'm glad Stafford, he was selected as an I'm glad he won't play. I don't want to see him get hurt in those games. It has happened mm-hmm. before. A good example is, remember years ago, when the New England Patriots lost a very promising running back, Robert Edwards, who got hurt during oh, Pro Bowl facilities. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't necessarily in the game, but it was during one of those um, activities. He tore mm-hmm. his knee. Up and I think it was playing flag football in the sand of all things. So yeah, that's they, why I think they got rid of some of those those things. I mean, now they have those competitions where you have like the the little obstacle course and little yes you know, drills, some of those yes. things, just some of those drills. I think they kind of they went back to the original type of format. What do you call it? like net, battle of the network stars type of format? Yes, um, I think the funnest part for me to watch because I only watch really watch the game. I watch that stuff. I don't really watch the games. I watch the little the competition. And the funnest part for me is to watch the dodgeball. I think I think that is, I think it's hilarious, and I think it's it's fun for those guys. And I think really the players they get selected is more about their families and what they do with those guys when they take their families down and the kids get to go to Disney World and especially you know look at Slay. I mean I've watched him every those. These last two years, 
pack up his wife and kids and go down there, and they really seem to enjoy it. I was stationed in Hawaii when I was in the Army, and the Pro Bowl was still there. In the Yes. I think it's really for the fans and the fans that are there. I think it's, st- it's still an honor. I think that some of those guys still think it's an honor to be selected. However, there's not as big as emphasis on the game as it used to be. Uh, yeah, because you look you know. at the, the Pro Bowl, and it's like the mm-hmm. Pro Bowl, the NBA All-Star game. The Pro Bowl, you watch mm-hmm. those guys, and they're not running hard at all. They're pretty much jogging. Mm-hmm. The pass rush is a very passive pass rush. It's kind of going kind of slow, taking it yeah. easy, and not going full tilt. And then, like, the yeah. receivers are jogging down the field and, you mm-hmm. know, make soft, they're not really hitting and attack soft tackles. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like taking it easy. It's like a, a glorified scrimmage almost. Yeah, and it's, it's not like when uh when Sean Taylor played with laying people out in the Pro Bowl. And also, also uh, look at the NBA All Star game. They don't get serious yeah, until the last two minutes. Like they basically a game of horse. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know, tossing the ball up. Yeah. Yeah, throwing the ball off the uh, backboard, dunking. Nobody's contesting it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically a game of horse or twenty-one during the NBA All Star game. But it's what yeah. the and they get serious the last two minutes when they want to win. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, I think the last really competitive one was the Major League Baseball, and that was because of the fact that. It determined who was going to have home field advantage in the World Series, and they discontinued that a couple of years ago. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, but I would say congratulations again to Darius Slay for making his third consecutive Pro Bowl. Mr. Slay, he's worthy. He, uh, he On a season, he has two interceptions, 10 pass defense, and one fumble recovery on the season. Slay always plays hard. He has shut plenty of um, wide receivers down. I think it's a down year for him just because of the fact that he had a couple games where he didn't play that well. You know, he dealt with a hamstring most of the year, uh, up and down, sometimes in and out of the lineup. So, but big shout out to Darius Slay. Let's kind of switch gears to another topic. The Lions, and within the past week, we're talking about from Sunday to Sunday, um, have put six starters on the injured reserve. Uh, today, or you mean, well, yesterday, the Lions finally put Matthew Stafford on the injured reserve. I don't know why he didn't go on it earlier. There was no way after he missed about three games that he was going to come back and play this season, even though he said he wanted to. I just think it's a smart move. You got uh, Marvin Jones went on the injured reserve, Jared Davis, Joe Dawes, uh, Kenny Wiggins, and... Mr. Daniels, we're on the injured reserve as well. Those are, you know, depending on the rotation, those are really like six starters that went on the injured reserve. I think it's really smart that they did that. I think I'm missing one. Um, the tackle. Rick Wagner? Uh, Rick Wagner. Did he not go he went on injured reserve too, correct? Am I missing I him? I think so. Maybe so. Yes. I think he did. Yeah, Wagner did go on the injured reserve as well. I think that, and this is me, and you can give me your opinion on it. I think with that, many starters going on the injury reserve list. I think to me, and now I won't say that the coaches will admit it or not, or the that the administration would admit it or not. I think the Lions are in full tank mode right now. That's just me. Right well, now they're at they're in they're at the fifth pick and I think they're trying to get up into that top two or three. They're they they're forced to take more, like you said, all those injuries and starters and they're playing with ten rookies on either side of the ball at you know, get a given time. So they're playing mm-hmm. yeah, kind of flaunting may not want to. I wanna see me they still wanna see the rookies go out and play because that's the only way you can see if a guy can play or not. Let them play. Don't let them lay down and lose or throw a game just to tank for a draft pick. But by default mm-hmm. they are tanking 
with all those injuries, all those rookies playing. But still, I want to see David Blau and Will Harris and Aurier and Will Hill, West Hills, excuse me, and other rookies give their best efforts out there because they're playing for the NFL futures. Correct. Um, but those, I think it was the smart decision. There's no doubt that they're not going to make the playoffs uh, this year. Um, there's no chance that they make the playoffs. So uh, it's good that they are sitting those starters down um, and having them rest for the rest of the season, come back next year n- nice and healthy. Yes. Uh, now, one thing that we saw uh, on social media, I know you posted it in one of the Facebook groups. There was a sell the team banner with uh, Martha Ford's Firestone face on it at Ford Field during the game on Sunday, and it made the broadcast. Uh, what What do you think about that banner being uh, shown at Ford Field? I think it shows the fans' um, frustration, and this was against another embarrassment for the Lions and City Train, Mrs. Ford. But um, the fans are tired. We want a winner. I want a winner. And it looked mm-hmm. like at first half when Martha took over, she meant business. You know, she you know she was more aggressive than her husband ever was. Mm-hmm. Fifty years we had owned the Lions when it was alive. Um, but the Lions, she hired, she tried to hire the right people. She hired Bob Quinn. She gave him total control over football operations. Mm-hmm. And she let him pick his own coach and everything. But so far, the the bigger moves have been working out Quinn. So she's trying to she's trying to hire a football guy because she missed she she loves the Lions, but she's only like a spectator and owner. Mm-hmm. She's not a administrator of a football team, but she tried to hire the right people. And um like I said, they both will call back for one more year. 2020 is do or die for Quinn and Patricia, or else they're both out the door because they, you know, they're both Patriot guys. He throw away the Patriot way out, out, out of Detroit. It's do or die for those two guys. It's also do or die for, for Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown as well. So 2020 is going to be a big year around for Detroit sports. But by the way. Um, yeah, looking at those, and they've tried to come out and debunk the rumors that Jeff, uh, I can't say his name. Uh, Bezos. Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos, the Amazon uh, uh, guy that is uh, trying to purchase the Lions. They're saying the Lions aren't for sale. Ron Wood. Now, I will say this. Trying to hire the right guy and trying to hire football guys. Ron Wood was not a football person. You know, He was a business guy. He wasn't a football guy, and, and that's kind of hard when you have the you know your president of your team is not a football you know person, but um, and a business person. He's trying to make it work, but to me, if you send Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia out the door, I think Rod Wood needs to go as well. Um, looking at the the Matt Patricia, you know, and, and Bob Quinn situation, we know that it was announced today that they will be back with the team for next season. It's kind of hard for me to articulate, but I'm I'm gonna get a little bit uh, in my feelings right quick. I like Jim Caldwell. I'm not saying that Matt Patricia doesn't deserve another year. However, Jim Caldwell had the Lions in contention to make the playoffs every season, just about. So, I mean, he had the he had the best uh, first year record for any Lions coach in history, and you have Matt Patricia. Is nine twenty and one right now in his first thirty games as a head coach. That's not a good record to start off your off your career as a no, head it's coach. Not. And you know they came into now. I will say this: when he came into the Lions, he did say, "Well, it's going to take a while. You know, it's not going to be an overnight success. You know, he's trying to, I guess." curb the enthusiasm of the fan base but you have to realize where you are and this fan base is hungry for a winner 
I mean, this is, I would say this, and I've been, you know, a Michigan sports fan my whole life. I'm 47 years old. This is the worst time for me in Detroit sports history right now. We don't have yes, a yes. playoff contender in any sport in Detroit. No, and they're all hasn't... playing in Detroit. It's right. the first, you know, they, you know, it's like, well, this is the first time in so and me how many every year is that we have all four teams in playing in Metro Detroit. Well, hell, it doesn't matter in, because in the they, city. All, they all suck, right? Right. You know and what I'm saying? Like, you're right. It's the first, you know, when the Pistons came back downtown, it's the first time since 1974 that all four Detroit teams were playing in the city, Detroit, downtown. It's like the good old days. But things haven't been this bad for our four teams simultaneously since since that time period, the mid to late 70s, when the Tigers swore so 100, over 100 games, the Red Wings were sorry, and the Pistons were 16 and 66, and <laughs> the Lions were 20. 14 in the late right. 70s. So that was, those were some bad years and hasn't been quite that bad for all four teams because for years the Red Wings and the Pistons were competitive and the Tigers, yeah. and Jim Leland brought them back for some years. But yeah. now everybody sucks, like you said, all four Detroit sports teams. But uh, but yeah. we'll we'll get our shit together. They'll all come back just like it did in the 80s when the, when the draft of Billy Sims and that started revival, you know, won a couple um Went to the playoffs a couple of times, including the division title, the Pistons, roles of Isaiah, and and the Red Wings' roles of Steve Eiserman. So I think yeah. we're going to do for another revival. I hope so. I hope so fast. It's it's time to bring that restored Aurora back to the Lions. I, I really want to see a winner on the field at Ford Field, and hopefully next season we can get it together. With the money that we're going to have and the salary cap, for next season, hopefully we can sign some some good free agents and bring back some of the guys, the key pieces that's there this year. I see some of the big names. I don't I don't know if we're gonna see them. Some of the guys I think we signed. I don't know if really. To be honest, I don't see Snacks being back. To be honest, if he if he has another offseason like he did this year, I mean, I know he got his his extension, but. Um, to look at his production, do you really need to have him back? Do you really want to move on to a younger player? I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, it's Those possible that they move yeah. on. Possible that they move on. Okay, looking at the the 2020 draft. Okay, we talked about the Lions uh, pretty much in full tank mode. Right now, we're at number five, and they they may be looking at two or three by the time the season's over. Just to me, the positions of need. For the Lions, for the upcoming draft, and that's not in any particular order, but this is just as far as maybe that first two rounds. I'm looking at a cornerback. I'm looking at a defensive end. I'm looking for a running back or a defensive tackle in those first two rounds. Is, are those, what are those positions looking like for you for the for the first two rounds? I agree. Yeah, I'm in full agreement. I said the same thing. I definitely want to pass rusher. We can use another mm-hmm. tackle because our t- current defensive tackle, because our current tackles are all kind of injury prone and questionable, like Snacks and, and the Alabama boys and Mike Daniel. And um, we can use a corner. We're projected by um, Todd McShay to take mm-hmm. Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State, you know. Um, but I still say, people want to kill me. I post this in the group. People killed me about it. I want that elite running back because we went through four or five running backs this year. Mm-hmm. on Johnson can't stay healthy to be the man. I love Bo Scarborough. He got the size and speed I always love. But he also has the injury history. We talked about that. And I, I want that still running back, like I said. We may not find another 
Barry, but I know we can find at least some of Billy Sims, who's a pretty damn good back himself. Back mm-hmm. in just his career is too short. And you saw my mm-hmm. post. I would love to get either Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin or Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. um, the two top rushers in college football this year. I mean, a running game, a strong running game will do help so much. It will help Stafford, who's never had a running game since he's been here, except maybe the year Reggie Bush won with thousand, just barely. And he um, will help the defense too, keep them off the field, let them rest. Um, play the game possession with some big time runs. A dominant running, you know, people really diminish, over diminish the importance of a running back. As you see, people say, well, you can get a running back in the fourth or fifth round or whatever. That's not true. I mean, a running back used to be in a glory position. You know, used to be a definite first round pick if you rush for a thousand yards. I mm-hmm. think people made the mistake of, um, like I said, by diminishing the value of a running back. They, they say you replace one easy. Not, it's not very easy at all. Yeah, um, so I still want that running back. I want that running back. You know, give me give me Taylor, give me Chuba, even give me, as I hate Buckeyes, so give me J.K. Dobbins or yeah. J.J. Dillon or something somebody like that, or even Najee Harris out of Alabama, but I prefer Taylor or Chuba. Right. You're looking at good, strong runners who are durable and can take the pounding doing a, a full uh, NFL schedule. All yes. right. So that's two points conversion this week. Some good topics to talk about. When we get back from the break, my man Shani J is going to do an outprior profile on a current Lion who has had a long career. the break my man shawty j who you got this week for our pride profile today i want to profile another current lion he's one of the longest tenured lions in their history he's this could be his last year or he might be hoaxed back into one more season anyway my profiles on mr the mule himself mr don lynn muleback don muleback was born in, excuse me, Newark, Ohio, on August 17, 1981. He was an All-American high school player. He moved down to Texas. He's raised in Texas. He went to Texas A&M University, where he was a starting office alignment and long snapper. In the 2004 draft, he wasn't drafted. He was, on, he was signed, unsigned free agent by the Baltimore Ravens initially. And he was plucked off the practice squad by then president Matt Millen, who described him as the Nolan Ryan of long staffers because he snaps it hard and fast, which which really he liked. In his first game as a lion, he it was almost his last game as a lion. I remember this game well, December twentieth against uh, two thousand four against the Minnesota Vikings. Joy Harrison had let the Lions all the way back. You know, they were down 28 to 27. All he had to do was kick the extra point to send the game to overtime. But Don Milbach badly botched the snap. The Lions didn't get the extra point and lost the game. You recall that game? I recall it well. I do remember that game. Yes, that was the worst game of his career. I thought at that point, 
Mulebeck will be gone, but then Coach Steve Mariucci, I'm as well. He went over, patted Mulebeck on the shoulder, gave him words of encouragement, trying. You know, he's a rookie, he understood. I thought he was going to be cut, but he wasn't. And if I'm mistaken, all the games over the years, Mulebeck to this day has never again botched a snap. <laughs> he only missed one game in his Lions career. That came in 2009, 10 years ago, when he missed um, week 15 with a concussion, but he came back the following week. And he hasn't missed a game since. So he's been an Iron Man for the Lions. He's played in a total of 228 career games, which is second only to Jason Hansen. Um, Don Milbeck, he's been one of the most reliable and durable Lions in their history to this date. He's a two-time pro bowler. He made the pro bowl in 2012 and 2018. Um, he's get up in age. It's his 16th year with the Lions. It could be his last year, but I'm hoping that the meal will come back for one more season because they tried to replace him a couple of times, including drafting member Jimmy Landes a few years ago mm-hmm. and Bob Quinn's first draft. And, didn't work out because um, Muleback, he really find his craft and his trade ever since that botch snap his rookie year to become one of the most reliable and durable and dependable long snappers in the NFL today and probably NFL history. So long live the Mule. Hope he comes back for at least one more year and hope they can send him out with a Super Bowl championship. <laughs> All right. My man, Don Muleback, I will say this. Um, in a special teams battery, which is your Long snapper, punter, and kicker. The Lions have struck gold with Dom Newellbeck. He is one of the most dependable and reliable players in the league, like you said, and he is definitely worthy of our prior profile. So, big shout out to Dom Newellbeck. All right, when we get back, it will be time for now. You know, now this week we're going to cover a controversial rule that happened in Dallas's game this week versus the Rams. Now You Know is brought to you by Foster Camera Solutions. For your home or business security needs, call Dan at Foster Camera Solutions for a free estimate at 248-672-8640. With no monthly fees and self-monitoring from your smartphone, computer, or tablet, let Foster Camera Solutions design a security camera system that fits your needs. You can also visit their Facebook page for more information at facebook.com slash Foster Camera Solutions. Remember, Foster Camera Solutions when securing your home or business. What up, though? This is Kurt Steele, and welcome to this week's edition of Now You Know. Now, this week, we're going to cover the deferral in the coin toss. Now, the coin toss is covered under Rule 4, Game Timing, Section 2, Starting a Period or Half, and Article 2, Toss of Coin. Now, we're going to read this rule, break it down for you so you can better understand what the controversy was with the Dallas Cowboys and Los Angeles Rams coin toss and why the referees were going to give the Rams the first and second half uh, kickoff because of the fact they thought that Dak Prescott did not follow the rules of the coin toss. So 
Let's break it down for you. Article two states toss up coin. Not more than three minutes before the kickoff of the first half, the referee in the presence of both teams captains. Now, each team can have up to six captains active, inactive or honorary shall toss a coin at the center of the field, the 50 yard line. Prior to the referee's toss, the call of heads or tails must be made by the captain of the visiting team or by the captain designated by the referee if there is no home team. Okay, let's break this down for you right quick. At a neutral game site, there is not a home team or an away team. However, most times the NFL, to avoid this controversy, will say, hey, If we're at a neutral site, say they're playing overseas, team A is the home team, team B is the away team. Like when Jacksonville plays in London, most times, nine times out of 10, they are the home team. So unless the winner of the toss defers his choice. Now, here's the controversy. The referee did not hear Dak Prescott say the word defer. He just heard him say he wants to kick. There's where the issue was coming up at the coin toss. He has to say the word defer and he must choose after that. He must choose one of the two privileges and the loser is given the other. The two privileges of winning the coin toss are uh, one, the opportunity to receive the kickoff or to kick off is the privilege one, A. Uh, two, or B, is the choice of the goal his team will defend. So, if the team chooses to kick off, but they do not defer, the other team can say, hey, well, they didn't defer, so I'm going to choose the opportunity to receive the second half kickoff as well because it didn't follow the rules and say the word defer. So if the coin toss does not turn over in the air or the toss is compromised, so say someone bumps the referee's arm or something like that, the referee shall toss the coin again. However, the original call cannot be changed. So if the team captain calls heads, he cannot change the tails because the coin didn't turn over or somebody, something happened to the flip. Now the penalty for failure to comply with the coin toss. So say you don't send your captains out to the center of the field for the coin toss. It is a 15 yard penalty and loss of the coin toss options for both halves and overtime. So for the second half, the captain who lost the pregame is to have the first choice of the two privileges listed above a or B unless the, the team lost its first and second half options or unless the winner of the pregame toss deferred his choice to the second half. Now, in which case, he must choose A or B from above immediately prior to the second half. So so I defer to the second half. If I'm a team captain, prior to the second half, I have to say, hey, I'm receiving the kickoff, which nine times out of 10 is the case. 
no one's wanted to defer and re- to receive the kickoff in the second half and says, hey, I'm going to kick off again. Usually doesn't happen. You know, you, if you're deferring the kick and the choosing the kick, you're going to go ahead and take the ball in the second half. The captains of both teams must inform the referee of their respective choices. A captain's first choice for any alternative privileges listed above is final and is not subject to change. So if you make a choice to receive or to kick or what goal you're going to defend, those choices are final. So there you have it. The rules of the captain's responsibility for the coin toss. If you don't know, now you know. Like my man Biggie Small said, baby, baby. Now let's get back to the Die Hard Gen podcast with my man, Shawnee J. That was now you know. It is time to go on to the next one. Lions versus Broncos this week in Denver, in the cold, outside, with a bunch of rookies playing. I really don't see the Lions winning this game. I think it's going to be one of those games where it is going to be a probably another big blowout. I'll say the Lions are going to lose this game. 28 to 10. Well, at this point, it doesn't matter. Most of the Lion fans want them to lose. Or, you know, several <laughs> things to say, but they want them to lose. So they mm-hmm. can at least see looking for their top draft pick. They understand the situation. You got 10 rookies playing, at least 10 rookies or first-year players playing for the Lions. Um, at this point, I don't care if they win or lose. I don't care about the score. It'd be nice if they won. I don't care about the draft pick, but I definitely want to. It's going to be top five. We know that. And mm-hmm. but I definitely want to see the rookies um, play well. I want to see David Blau play well. See if he's a future backup or even a future replacement for Stafford. And I want to see West Hills um, play well. I want to see um, 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 the defensive backs, Will Harris and Aurier play well. I want to see improvement. That's what these games are about. And I want to see if my man Bo Benchwise will get in and can he, can he block, can he play. So that's what I'm looking at. Can the young guys, can they play? That's what I've been looking at these last few okay. games. I feel you. Now, you you know your boy is on the active roster now. Uh, Travis Fulham is on the active roster. So he'll he'll get some burn, too, uh, coming up this Sunday versus the Buccaneers. So now it's time for us to get on out of here. Tell the people how they can get a hold of you on social media, my man. Go to Facebook when I'm Sean Jennings. You can find me. I'm also the head administrator of the Lions Truest Fans page. Um, we keep active all year round. I'll be happy to add you. Okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CurtisDeal14. C-U-R-T-I-S-S-T-E-E-L-E-1-4 at both of those platforms. You can also follow the show at DieHardDenPodC1 on Twitter. And you can follow us on Facebook. There's a DieHardDen podcast Facebook page. You can find me on the DieHard, excuse me, Detroit Lions DieHard fan page as well as the Truist fan page. And you can email the show. Uh, 
diehardinpodcast at gmail.com. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show and thank you to our fans. And we're going to have some giveaways coming up in the new year. So stay tuned and follow the, the podcast and follow our Facebook page for opportunities to win some nice Lions uh, fan gear. So as always, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and to our uh, opinions on this platform. And as always, this is Kurt Steele. And for my man, Shani J, we are out.